Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome friends to another r/malicious compliance video. If I asked you to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below, would you comply? That said, our first story of the day is by a horse has no name. AT&T partner store tried to steal from me, asked if I wanted to call customer retention, and I complied. This happened a couple of days ago in Hollywood, Florida. I traded up my phone for the holidays on AT&T's website and arranged a pickup in my nearest store. The receipt I had for the pickup said that the phone was being held until December 30th, so I go in on the 29th to pick it up. I needed to get to work and I wasn't going to be available to leave work during business hours, so it had to be then. I was hoping the whole process would take 15 minutes. It didn't. I get there and this individual, Alan, tells me that my phone wasn't available because I'd waited too long and they had canceled my pickup even though I had until the next day to do so. I show him the email that says that and he shrugs his shoulders and says they canceled the order because they counted the day I placed the order as one of the days towards cancellation, which is obviously stupid. Then he offers to sell me the phone that I was trying to pick up because it's impossible for me to pick up the phone that was being held for me. I just want my goddamn phone, so I agree to go through the purchase process. And as it turns out, I'll have to pay for the phone again and let AT&T refund the funds for the original order. Major BS, but again, this is all the time I have to pick up my phone. I asked him for the phone number for someone I can speak with about what's going on, and he tells me I need to speak to customer retention and gives me a phone number he pulls off a list. So he goes through the process and by then I'm late for work and he tells me he's having problems selling me the last unit of the phone I wanted to purchase. He tries to upsell me. I tell him that I want the goddamn phone I ordered and he tells me that he's having some trouble because the system's not letting him sell that unit. It's the last unit he has, so he needs to take extra steps to sell it to me. So now he goes on his phone and makes some phone calls to try and unlock this unit. Meanwhile, he leaves me long enough to find out that the phone number he gave me was BS. It led to a non-working extension for AT&T and it would just stay on hold. I went on Google and discovered this by finding the actual customer retention phone number and calling it. So now I'm speaking with a customer retention specialist. And I explain to him what's happening over the phone. The retention specialist confirms that yes, my phone is available for pickup and has not been canceled. Meanwhile, on his phone, I can hear Alan speaking with someone at AT&T, and the person he's speaking with says over the speakerphone, "I can't allow you to sell that phone. It's being held until tomorrow for customer pickup." So I ask the person on Alan's phone to repeat that and confirm that yes. Alan was trying to sell me the phone that I had already purchased and was there to pick up. Then I ask the customer retention person I'm speaking with if he heard the other individual's comment. The customer retention rep confirms that he heard what the other AT&T rep has said, and the retention rep asks me to confirm the store number I'm located at and the name of the person I'm speaking with. At that point, Alan upon realizing I'm speaking with customer retention and retention heard everything he's trying to do with my phone tells me to leave the store and tells me he's going to call the police if I don't. 
customer retention rep on the phone hears him kick me out of the store. So I didn't have my phone that day, but I did have it delivered to my house next day UPS, which was nice. And I did get to have a conference call with a regional manager from AT&T, along with a supervisor at customer retention and a manager for third-party dealer locations, while the customer retention specialist confirms everything I was telling them. I didn't get my phone that day, but I did ruin someone else's and that was way more satisfying. If you went to a place and you realized somebody's trying to screw you over and you caught onto their little ploy, probably trying to get some kind of commission, would you try to report that person with their name to whoever you could? Try to tear them down and get them fired? Would you tell them to their face that you realized what's going on? Would you just say, forget this dealer and go to somebody else to buy the phone? Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. Our next story is by Mustachio. There isn't enough recruiting work? Okay, pay me to sit here. So me and two other people were pulled into a special recruiting project at work for the last several months. We did such a good job that we overhired. So now, instead of having us continue to go through the 3,000 plus resumes that are waiting to be set up the next round of interviews, they sent us back to answering phones. I've been in ready status for over 10 minutes between calls, just playing on my phone. I could be going through all those resumes, but I'll just sit here on Reddit and get paid instead. I mean, that's not a bad gig, you know? They're paying you to just sit at a table, answer phones instead of doing what you were primarily there to do. Although it is compliance, and it's nice compliance, you get paid to do literally next to nothing. While you could have been doing all those resumes and filling all that stuff out, fact of the matter is, they probably just did not need that. Be proud you did such a good job. This next story is by Punkamon. When someone asks you to write your name so they can report you to corporate, do this. I used to work for a car rental company. I won't say which, but the name accurately describes the employee's daily experience working for them. During my time, the company continuously changed policies regarding debit cards for rentals because of the large amount of fraudulent transactions associated with them. This caused much drama with customers, in particular with return customers who hadn't been in since the policy change. Around the end of the school year, many people rent minivans or SUVs to pick up their kid and a bunch of their stuff from college. I had one such customer who did not qualify for the rental vehicle she reserved. Per my training, I was not allowed to rent anything larger than a sedan because she didn't have a credit card. When I informed her that I could only give her a Hyundai Elantra, she became enraged. She stated that the previous year she was able to rent a minivan under a debit card, and I informed her that policy had changed since then. She refused to acknowledge that I was doing my job properly. I repeated company policy multiple times and did my best to inform her that I was doing the best I could with the current situation. She refused any attempt I made to placate her. My manager eventually stepped in and he broke down and did the rental for an SUV against company policy. The entitled woman smirked at me and pushed a stack of post-it notes that was on the counter in front of me. She said, you should not be in customer service and I'm going to report you to corporate. I want you to write your name on this paper. Without missing a beat, I took the pad and wrote the words, your name on the top sheet, ripped it off and handed it to her. Apparently she didn't notice until she was in the parking lot with my manager and her husband to inspect the vehicle. When my manager came back in the office, he said, her husband, who stood silently behind his raging wife throughout the whole interaction, wants me to write you up because you didn't give them your real name. 
Then he started laughing and said, but I'm not going to do crap because you follow the company policy and you did exactly what that witch asked you to do. She gave us a horrible survey and it tanked our bonus for that quarter, but it was totally worth it to put that rude woman in her place. I think no matter how hard you try, you're never going to save all of the customer relations. There's going to be some day where in walks that Karen of Karens that refuses to see straight, refuses to think straight, and don't you worry my friend, every little thing is going to be exactly your fault. This next story is by PTR is me, professor made me write my entire final project in ICU. I know, I know, the title sounds intense, but there's no way I can make it less like a clickbait, cause it is what it is. So back in early December, I started to feel sick. Not sick sick, but I've not been able to eat a lot and lost around 8 kilograms of weight in 10 days. I will admit that I am fat and was kinda happy that I just magically dropped weight. I was blaming it on too little rest. I just didn't get used to the food here in the US. I came here from another country for college, or I might have digestive problems, might need to check them out. It was on the 13th that everything just suddenly went downhill. I woke up exhausted, sweating, and not being able to eat anything other than drinking bottles and bottles of water. It lasted for the entire day until 10pm-ish when I started to feel like I'm about to pass out so I went to an ER nearby with my roommate. Well, in short, I had COVID, as well as a certain life-threatening thing going on. I'm not going to name it, but some of you might be able to tell from above. I had immediately a bunch of IVs put in and was moved to one of the ICUs. I lost consciousness as soon as I arrived in the ICU and didn't wake up until the next morning. And for the next 48 hours or so, I've been slipping in and out of consciousness. My doctor wanted me to sit in a chair instead of laying down all day, so pretty much all day I was just passed out in a chair. I can vaguely remember dropping my phone on the floor, and I didn't even have the energy to pick it up. Now all that was the build-up. On the third day when I finally felt better, I went on my school portal and saw a new message from one of my professors, telling me that I'm late for turning in my essay for the final project, cause it was finals week, duh. I know I had the essay 80% completed and it was in my laptop, which was packed and sent to a friend's place by my roommate, because we were moving out of our dorm room at the time, and that friend happened to be out of town in New York celebrating New Year. And even if my roommate got the laptop somehow from the friend's place, they wouldn't have been able to hand it to me because I had COVID, and they didn't allow visiting. So yeah, everything was screwed. I explained the entire situation to the professor in a long, fully written out message, and they never responded. Fast forward a few days, the professor contacted me again, this time via email, to ask about my assignment. Their entire message was like, OP, where's your project? I was triggered. I was mad. Well, to be honest, I wasn't in my best mental state because of what happened in the past few days. So I pasted my entire message that I sent to her in my email responding to that just in case she hadn't read it in the school portal website. She went something like, well, too bad, I'm going to have to fail you on this project because it's been assigned two weeks ago and you should have done it then. Ma'am, I could have totally finished it before the deadline if I wasn't in ICU and in a coma for two days without my laptop. The doctors ended up deciding to keep me for a few more days after I'm no longer in danger and heck did I make good use of that. I asked for a bunch of paper that of course had the hospital's name printed on them. I wrote my entire essay again by hand on them. 
When you write the same piece of text the second time, trust me, it becomes way easier than the first time. I made sure to write as neatly as I can, trying my best to guilt them in every way possible. Then as I promised in my response, I took a picture of it, making sure that I accidentally included my hand that is swollen with the IV plugged in and a bit of my hospital robe, they call it a Johnny, and sent it away. I sent the assignment to them on December the 17th, not until yesterday, way after the semester was ended, that they called and kinda sorta apologized. I was too busy to check my messages because finals coming up, so I barely looked at your explanation, blah blah blah. I have no idea where they got my number, but fine, I'll take it. As of now, I've decided to gap the spring semester and go back to my home country for a bit. My health has been greatly affected by what happened, and going back home to take some rests might be good for me. I also get to spend some time with my mom, who's been very anxious since the first day I had the medical incident. The end. Honestly, reading this entire story, this story made me think about all those teachers that were like, if you don't show up on this day, it doesn't matter if you're in the hospital, it doesn't matter if your dog died. If a student, by God, did have a heart attack and was in the ICU, would they really stick to their guns and say, no, you can't do it, you had to be here? Like, would they really? Like, that's an easy way to get plastered on the news become hated in your community. They don't really mean that, do they? This next story is by Boogalation01. Wait for the garage to open? Okay. I work for a tree trimming company in the northern part of the country. And as some of you may know, it gets extremely cold. The truck I'm using has been sitting unused since Friday when the garage finished working on it. Yesterday, we had temps as low as negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit. This morning, as I went to start the truck, I could not get it to turn over, even with running booster cables from a running truck. My boss told my coworker to give it until the garage opens, then have them deal with it. Garage told me the earliest I'll probably get the truck is around 11 a.m. I'm obediently staying at the garage and letting them handle it, all while being paid, even though I could have jumped in with my coworker and his groundsman for the day and be productive. Well, they did say wait for the garage to get it running. Maybe they'd rather you sit there and stay with it until it's up and running and take it, rather than just leave it there? I don't know. And our final story of the day is by Accomplished P4621. Want me to make it how I eat it? Enjoy eating wings with seven spoons of chili powder? On New Year, I got myself a whole jar of ghost pepper because I like eating spicy foods. My family always thinks that whatever I eat is not spicy, so they also try eating it. One thing you should know is that my family is really bad with spice. They think that I must be bad at eating spicy food like them, but I can actually tolerate it. Yesterday, I made some wings for lunch because I was craving some. My sister also wanted to eat some wings, so I made her some for her as well. When I brought it to her, she saw that my wings were almost flame red in color, while hers were orange. She screamed at me that I was giving her crap looking wings while I eat royal wings. She dragged me to the kitchen and told me to make the wings like how I make them for myself and went back to the dining hall. The thing she did not know was I put 7 spoons of chili powder in my wings because I wanted to eat spicily. My mother always puts red food color in the wings because my sister hates orange, but the color was finished, so I just gave her orange wings. I put some oil in the pan, added red chili powder and put the wings in. I gave them to my sister and went to my room. When I went back down, I saw the wings in the trash can with one half-eaten wing. She couldn't say anything because she wanted to eat wings like I made, and she got what she wanted. Honestly, not gonna lie, I'm surprised that they didn't complain anyways. 
Even though they were going to be a jerk and drag you into the kitchen and say, you gotta make it exactly like you do, most people like that will still 180 after the fact and say, you should have warned me that it was going to be spicy. Good on her for at least not complaining about it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.